Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online in my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, or on Instagram at Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of sparkling water in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 34. Welcome back. Here we are. It's actually September now, so we're definitely transitioning into fall here in Southern California, which means that it's very, very hot. (laughs) It seems like summer will never end. What happens every single year is we are surprised by how scorchingly hot it is, because I think end of October. Uh, August and early September are sometimes the hottest months in Southern California. And we forget that. So that while the rest of the world is like pulling out their boots and their scarves and their pumpkin, pumpkin spice lattes and showing, you know, photographs of trees with their leaves turning, we are still sweltering here. But then we get a week where the temperatures are like in the mid to even high 70s. And we're just like, it's fall. It's fall. We're so ready. Yay. And then the next week, there's a total heat wave. So it happens every year. We're smacked in the face with it, but that's what's happening now. Um, But it is September. The, um, my high schooler is back in school and has been for a while. It's, you know, kind of settling into that. My two college kids are still here. Will they ever go back to school? It is unknown at this point. No, actually, um, we will be moving them back to San Diego, both of them next week. And so this is our last week with them. And um, Chloe and I have tickets to go see the Downton Abbey movie. And um, we had hoped to go get tea before that, but the only time to see it was like a 7 p.m. thing. So I don't know how we're going to squeeze the tea and we'll just have to do it for lunch or something. We were hoping to squeeze in a museum trip, which we've been meaning to do the last couple of weeks, but it just hasn't worked out. So we'll see. We want to go either to the Norton Simon Museum of Art, which is in Pasadena, or maybe the Getty in LA. So we'll see. We, lo- we love going to those kind of, uh, you know, art museums. Um, what else is going on? My high schooler just turned 17. And so last night we had a house full of teenage boys. Um, he hasn't had any kind of like public celebration for years and years, but he asked for one this year. So um, I ordered a whole bunch of barbecue. <laughs> and they ate that up and then we took them over to an escape room have you guys done one of those I haven't actually done one I've only paid for one and uh, so they did a little escape room adventure and then came back here and they just entertained themselves with video games and other kinds of games and cake and popcorn and M&Ms and had a great old time so um, I don't know about you but as much as I do enjoy celebrations and I enjoy marking things with celebrations, I am equally happy when the celebrations are over. I feel the same way about Christmas. I love what we call Christmas time. The whole month of December is probably my favorite part about Christmas. And then about a week later after it's over, I am just as happy to pack it all up and put it away. So I enjoy the celebrations, but I also really enjoy, you know, ordinary time. So that's kind of what's going on around here. Uh, What's going on in your part of the world? Oh, I forgot to mention, not drinking tea today because it is a Saturday afternoon. It is 5,000 degrees outside. I'm in the recording closet. Could not make myself drink hot tea, and I was too lazy to make iced tea. So Trader Joe's 
sparkling water to me is the best sparkling water. I think it's better than LaCroix. Um, it's, I like the grapefruit and there's two kinds of orange flavors that are, it's so subtle. If you think LaCroix is subtly flavored, <laughs> try the Trader Joe's uh, with sparkling waters. But uh, my son, Jonah and I, we love, we share these bottles of sparkling water every week and I kind of consider it my, my little treat. So that's what I've got instead of tea. But I have to say, I cleaned out my tea cupboard this morning. I'm still on my decluttering kick. So I have a lazy Susan that's got my herbs and spices, tea and all my baking stuff. And I cleaned that out today and it's so much better because before as I spun it, it's in a corner of my kitchen, you know, a, a lower cabinet. And every time I spun it, something would fall off of it and then it wouldn't spin. But um, I kind of decluttered my tea and I am proud to say that my daughter, who's 21, has become such a tea drinker. <laughs> When she's home during the day, she usually makes one mid-morning. She makes another cup um, mid-afternoon, and then she um, like makes a, a cup at night while we're watching TV. So I just I love, I love that she's become a tea drinker. And she really dug in on my Plum Deluxe tea. So I told you, um, those are some loose-leaf teas, very nice, but um, a little more flavored. It was like the, there's like a, a kitchen table blend, a reading nook blend, and um, one other one that I can't think of. And they're just, they're, there's a like a light vanilla flavor to them. And she loves them and she's been working on them all summer. So um, as I went through my tea cabinet, I was able to just um, pass some teas on to her that I am just not getting around to drinking some herbal ones. And I was able to give her one of those little, um, you can buy these little paper tea bag. So if you don't have like a perfect tea maker from Tivana like that I have, you can um, just put tea in this little, it's a very thin uh, paper bag, kind of like a coffee filter in a way, but thinner and um, do your loose leaf tea that way. So I was able to pass some of that stuff on to her. So, um, so that's pretty fun. So I'm, I'm super happy that I've, I've turned my daughter into a tea drinker. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. And did you know that they now carry cross-stitch supplies? They just released the Quilt for a Cause Quilt Along for 2020. It's called Bloomtopia and features Summer Sweet Fabric by Sherry and Chelsea. This sampler quilt combines unique and historical blocks in the vintage style. You can reserve your kit today at fatquartershop.com. Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands like Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery with the largest supply of Fat Quarter bundles ever. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they'll have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. So let's talk quilting. I've got a few fun things for you this time. So first of all, um, if you follow my blog or my Instagram stories, you may have seen that I've been talking about the Free Motion Quilting Academy that um, Holly Ann over at String and Story has launched. So Holly Ann and I are good friends, um, online friends. We've only met in life, uh, real life one time, I guess. Man, that's crazy. But I am going to see her next month and she's when she's coming to San Diego. And... Um, we did a blog hop, was it two or three years ago now, where, um, maybe it's three years, that is just crazy, where we worked our way through the book, The Ultimate Guide to Machine Quilting. It was a book co-written by um, Angela Walters and uh, Krista Watson, 
And instead of just, you know, taking a, um, you know, how you buy those books and you think, oh, I'm going to do that. And then they just sit on the shelf. I was like, you know what? I'm going to literally work my way through this book. And so I asked a few friends to go through it. And we went through chapter by chapter and um, practiced the motifs um, during the week. And then when I had one I was happy with, then like I basically practiced 10 or 15 minutes a day. And then by the end of the week, I kind of picked my best work and photographed it and wrote a blog post about what my experience was, the ups and the downs and how, you know, what was easy and what was really hard, what was I scared about. Well, Holly Ann had very little um, free motion experience at this time. And so she followed along and she just took to it like a house on fire. You could not believe it. The progression during those 10 weeks was amazing. So much so that she fell in love with it. I remember asking the question to um, these other gals that were doing this with me, do you really think of yourself as a quilter? Like a, um, yeah, the, a quilter or a piecer? And she was like, oh, I'm such a piecer. I'm like, me too. Well, you know what? She's, she's a quilter now. <laughs> and by quilter, I mean like, you know, doing the actual quilting part. Um, so, um, not long after that, she took this experience and um, and she created an ebook and and a class about um, getting over your fear of free motion quilting. Because so many people, myself included, I'm so afraid of ruining my quilt. And um, so I think I think her first book. I'm not even sure if it's still available. It might be. It was called From Anxious to Adventurous, which I think kind of you know uh, was how she was feeling feeling about her own journey. Well, anyways, um, she has long armed several quilts of mine. Quilts that have been in magazines. Um, she did my Winter Tales quilt. She did another one um, with the uh, that's going to be in American Patchwork and Quilting next month. I think it's the one that I did with the um, the Boro fabric. And um, she did a fabulous job. So anyways, the gal really knows what she's talking about here. So she has launched a class called Free Motion Quilting Academy. And it's only open um, until September, let me get the date right, 18th, through the end of the day, your time zone, September 18th. And it's an online class, you know, kind of like a crafty thing. So you buy it, you... Um, you have it forever. You do it at your own pace. But she she's done this before where she just has it open for a, a week or so so that a bunch of people go through the class together. And she's got a private Facebook group for it so that you can share your you know triumphs and struggles. And, and she's very much hands-on in the class. So um, she is a wonderful teacher, born teacher, and she just shows you how to do all the motifs, super encouraging. So anyways, I just wanted to let you guys know about that because it's not open very long. So Free Motion Quilting Academy, I will put a link in the show notes if you want to click over. Um, you can actually, it'll take you to a landing page that um, with some testimonials and women actually holding up their, <laughs> I don't know if it's their their final exam or whatever, their, their um, you know, a piece of quilting that they're very proud of and um, lots of kind words about that. So anyways, if you, um, it's, if it's kind of a goal for you to learn how to free motion quilt, or we talked last time about, um, let's take these last four months of 2019 and finish strong. Like let's revisit what we thought we were going to accomplish because there's still four months left. So if that was one of your, um, ideas of things you wanted to do is get more comfortable with that, it might be the perfect thing for you. Um, so what else? Oh, I know. Um, my friend Minky, um, did a trunk show and workshop at a local quilt guild, the Camarillo Quilters. And, um, I went with her and kind of helped her set up and sat at the table and, um, you know, like helped sell things and helped a little bit with her presentation. And it was so fun. Um, and she, 
did so great. So, you know, she's Korean, English, not her first language. And she did this fantastic um, presentation in front of like, I don't know, I feel like I'm bad at big groups of numbers, but like 200, 250 people. Um, all, you know, obviously very kind quilters. <laughs> like, so it was a good audience, but she was charming and funny and adorable. So that was really fun. Um, and I just, I'm so proud of her because I would be scared to death to do what she did. And English is my first language. And I do a lot of talking. I was talking to someone said, I think I'm better talking by myself in my closet that I am in front of a huge group of people. But that did not, I mean, I just did not bother her at all. She just, you know, um, just said yes. And, and I am a person that doesn't do that so easily. So I, that was really fun. And then she taught one of her sewing illustration workshops the next day. I wasn't able to go to that, but um, I hear that was great fun. So that was just like, I don't, I don't go to Quilt Guild meetings very often. And I, I kind of wish that I could work out a space in my life to do a quilt guild. This is a particularly good one. Um, Camarillo, the town, has a big retirement village, um, big retirement community. So there's just a lot of women who have the time to quilt. So it's a big guild. It's beautifully run. They do a ton of charity work. And, uh, but, you know, it meets during the, the morning and I, um, just once a month, but I always think, you know, that I, I need to work during that time. Now I could you know, change my schedule, but I always feel a little nervous about doing that. I'm a kind of a creature of routine. So, but it made me really realize I should get into, you know, an in-person quilting community. Um, I think it would be really good for me. I love the online community and all the flexibility it gives you, but you know, there's just really um, no replacement for that, that face-to-face -face kind of contact. Um, what else Oh, okay. Here's another thing. I've got a few things to talk about quilting-wise. I'm kind of happy about. So um, have you seen the sneak peeks, sneak peek for um, Quilting in the Rain? Um, she has a new fabric line out. Now, you might remember uh, I did my Irish chain quilt um, for a blog hop for her, for her Loyal Heights line. And um, I gave that quilt to my best friend. And um, I was so happy with that. I've actually given away both quilts that I've sewn with her lines, which um, I was happy to do because the recipients were, you know, very grateful. But on the other side of, I love those quilts. <laughs> so this one I'm keeping. Um, so she's got a new line called Madame Fleur. She designs for, I, I feel so insecure saying this, I think it's Lucien. Um, and uh, it's adorable. So I've got it sitting right here um, and it's just beautiful. So it's got reds and pinks and some mustardy yellows, some beautiful greens and um, some kind of taupey tans and kind of a purple, kind of a dusky purple. Um, and then some, some kind of off-white light fabrics here. Um, like other her other lines, um, some of the prints have those little gold flecks in them. I've already picked out the the red one that I want for the binding that's got these little gold polka dots on it. Super cute. This line also has a toile, which I'm hoping I can use for the quilt back. I think I'm going to go for the pinkish red toile. Um, so anyway, so I am sewing that I won't be able to show for a little while, but um, I think I've got an idea for it. I always get really nervous about these things like I've told you guys, but I think I have an idea for the design I wanna do, which is a design that I've done in the past, but I think it's kind of perfect for this 
fabric line. So that makes the whole process a little easier. So that is my next big project. As a matter of fact, um, my daughter and I spent a bunch of time today trying to figure out what was the right background fabric to go with this. So I had all my neutrals out there and I think we've got that. And so I just need to probably pop on Fat Quarter Shop today and order a whole big bunch of background fabric. Um, so the Madame Fleur line, I'll put a picture in the show notes if you're curious about it. She's done some really cute sneak peeks and it's very pretty and feminine and uh, just one, every little, I'm flipping through it right now, every print is better than the next. And um, there's some reds and greens in the topes. And I think that would be a super pretty with linen. If I have time, I think I'm going to do kind of a Christmas cushion. I have this kind of a lumbar pillow from Joann's and um, I kind of like to rotate through different um, Christmas cushions. So I'm excited about that. What else? I got my quilt back from the Long Armor from um, Sewing Blue. She sent me, um, She I sent the quilt and she got it back so fast. And this is the, I don't know what it's called. It was a Bonnie Hunter scrappy thing. Someone asked if it was called something like Scrap Happy. And I don't think it was, but it's a perfect name for it. So now that's what I'm going to call it. Um, but don't go looking that up thinking it's going to be the same. It's kind of a little slightly more complicated Irish chain quilt that is just seriously scraps, like kitchen sink in there. And I backed it with um, Blossom fabric from Riley Blake's design. And that worked out really well. Did a paisley um, quilty motif on it. And um, so now I'm just in hand binding heaven. <laughs> I've got a lot of handwork stuff right now. Um, I've got that hand binding, which there's absolutely no rush on. I mean, literally that quilt is like eight years in the making. So there's no rush there. Um, as a matter of fact, I'd like to maybe wait. I, I guess I'm halfway. I should just finish it, but I'd like to wait till it cools down. And it's so fun to bind a quilt when you're cold, you know, when you can have the quilt on your lap and you're not sweating. <laughs> and um, the other handwork thing I'm doing is, I mentioned before, I'm doing this uh, embroidery project with Aura Floss, and I think I'm done. I ended up just doing two tea towels, two flower sack tea towels, because that's what I had. I would do a third um, if I had another one, but in fact, I don't really want to buy another dozen. These were ones I found at like a garage sale, and I did one in all black and one in all red, and they're really cute. They're, the designs, as I've talked about before, are from um, Diary and Stitches. I'll be doing a blog post about that soon, but um, yeah, that was really fun. I really enjoy embroidery, and if you are um, like a little nervous about doing something like embroidery, it's just an outline. Like, I feel like the satin stitch is really hard. So I'm, I'm not a great embroiderer. Everything I do is so accessible, so simple. So all it is is um, a back stitch. It's just outlined, both motifs. One has pears and a basket, and one of them is kind of like a, a kitchen shelf. And that's the one that's in red. So I kind of got a black work and a red work. And um, super cute, super simple. But, you know, that's the kind... Um, of embroidery that I do. I, I'm so tempted to try cross stitch because it seems really fun and meditative, but um, I'm just not really sure it's my style. So this kind of very simple embroidery on a tea towel um, is, is my style and I have no, no problems with that. So that's been really fun. What else? I feel like there was something else. Oh, I know. Um, for like forever, I've been talking about this quilt I was gonna make with Minky Someday fabric and I completely abandoned that and started a different quilt with it. So I'm, I've got a fat quarter bundle, which is a super cute line. And I have 
um, broken out the Sunday Best Quilts, which is a book that I talk, talked about a few episodes ago uh, by Sherry McConnell and Corey Yoder. And I picked a pattern out of there and it is called Sweet Confetti. And it's very simple, but it's, it's very scrappy, but it's perfect to do with a fat quarter bundle. And it has quarter square triangles in it. And I have to say that I've never, other than hand piecing, I've never really made quarter square triangles before. It just hasn't come up for me. And I tried it one time and it came out really wonky. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. But so this is going to be my quilt to conquer quarter square triangles. As a matter of fact, um, this block, I don't know how I can show you what it looks like. Um, maybe I'll take a picture of the actual block I did, but it's um, quarter square triangles and then you keep adding triangles onto it and it turns into a rectangle and you do two of them and it turns into a square but because of all of that there's a lot of bias edges and and I've done a few practice blocks and the first few did not come out to measurements and it's going to have to or I'm going to be cutting points off so the last one I did came out much better so I think I'm going to need to starch my fabric when I um, cut it and sew and be really um, maybe not use steam. I just I just don't want my blocks to stretch out and I think that's kind of what was happening. So now I'm excited. I'm excited about that quilt. So I'll be working on the Madame Fleur. I'll be working on the Sweet Confetti and um, that just might, I don't know, that might take me <laughs> through the end of the year. I do have, I think, two more quilts that just need to be quilted and um, I, that I think I will quilt myself. One of them is basted, so I can't even set it to a long armor if I wanted to. This Madame Fleur, I'm definitely sending to a long armor. <laughs> if something's going to quilt market, I don't really want to quilt it. I'm a piecer. But um, so uh, I'm still still a little addicted to quilting by check. But okay, so that is about it for what's going on in the quilting world, for me anyways. Let's spend the briefest of time talking about knitting. Um, I'm still working on my dishcloths and I've gotten, um, I got a lot of emails and DMs this last episode and it was so fun. Thank you so much for re reaching out to me. Um, I just, it, it means a lot to me to know that people are listening and, and, um, and getting something out of it. So a few people have mentioned that they would be interested in learning how to knit, maybe the dishcloth. So I'm going to, um, work on that. I can't really even like wrap my brain around doing a video or something like that until, um, my kids are off to college and the house is empty once again. As a matter of fact, I hope you couldn't hear it, but the garage door just closed and the last kid just went off to work um, and, and the house is empty like it's, like it maybe has not been all summer. And I actually was, was trying to wait to start recording till everyone was out of the house. And I finally gave up. I'm like, I'm going in the closet. I'll see you guys later. Everyone's kind of finishing their last shifts at work and things like that. Anyways, that is a sidebar. Dishcloth. Um, Later in the fall, I think I will try to do a video um, on how to knit the very most basic dishcloth. One thing I want to do is order some yarn from Knit Picks. They have a yarn called Dishy. And um, what I usually use is uh, sugar and cream cotton yarn, which is available at Joann's, Michael's, you know, it's that kind of thing. And it is, is dirt cheap. It's like maybe $2.99 and you can get two dishcloths out of it, out of one little skein. Um, but it's not that fun to knit with. Um, one of the pleasures of knitting with wool is that it's springy and stretchy and it just is, is very, from a tactile 
um, point of view feels really nice. And that is not the case. And I, I don't want to put, um, like put people off of knitting because knitting with cotton yarn is not optimal. And so I was hoping that maybe the dishy yarn is a little bit higher quality. And uh, I haven't ordered some, but I will. And I'll let you know if that's kind of better. And uh, maybe we'll do a little dishcloth knit along um, in the fall or winter just, uh, just for fun. What else? Um, let's move on to books. Oh my gosh, I was so excited that uh, Louise Penny's next book uh, in the Inspector Gamache series called A Better Man came out at the end of August. And uh, I used to like just wait for Christmas and let somebody give me that book. <laughs> I'm too old for that. I just like got it, you know, and got the Kindle format and downloaded it and just obsessively read it over one weekend. And I loved it. I just love those those books. If you are following along with the Inspector Gamache series, um, two books back, something, I think the book was called A Great Reckoning, something very big happened in, in their little world. And this book, if you, if you skip the last one, which... Um, is called something, um, it has the word blind in it. <laughs> That's all I can think of. Um, Kingdom of the Blind. Um, if you skipped that book and went right to this one, you would not miss a beat. As a matter of fact, I had to go back. I'm like, this book seems like it picks up right after A Great Reckoning. What was that last book about? So I actually went and checked it out. And it was just kind of um, a little sidebar, you know, over a very short period of time. So um, so this picks back up with the larger storyline that's been going on um, with this series. And it was a, it was just a lot of fun. I just really, I really enjoyed it. So if you like those um, Louise Penny books, I think A Better Man would not disappoint. I'm also still listening to... I talked about this last one, um, last episode, called a book called Still Me by Jojo Moyes. And um, it is the third in the series from um, Me Before You, which I did not love, but was okay. I did not read Me After You. And this one's called Still Me. And it's just kind of a throwaway audio book that I usually listen to while I'm doing my like decluttering and deep cleaning. And it's been delightful. I have... Um, I'm at about like 90%. I've got like an hour and a half left to listen to it. I'm just getting it on Libby, the, uh, the audio book thing where you can check out library books. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's not great literature or anything, but it's a very entertaining storyline. I'm pretty sure I, I know how it's going to end. It's kind of one of those, but still for that kind of on the go listening, I've really enjoyed that. The other book I'm embarrassed to tell you that I'm still reading because I read it at night before I go to sleep, which means I read about one page a night and that's going to take me a long time to get through a book. And that is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. I think I talked about this about six months ago and I kind of, um, lost my traction on it, but it's, um, I, I went back to it because I have it on my, uh, I have an iPad mini with a Kindle app and it's the perfect thing to read before bed because it's backlit and, um, my book light is too bright and it keeps my husband awake. So he doesn't like it when I do that. So this little, um, yeah, the, the reading a book on my iPad is the right thing. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to keep going with this book and I'm about, I don't know, halfway and it's starting to finally get better. So I have this thing. I was telling my daughter the other day that I think any book that you read really, really slowly because you're reading it, you know, for the few minutes before you go to sleep, you're never going to think it's great because 
it's hard to get the momentum going with it. So, you know, usually like if this book really gets going, I'll stop just reading it before bed and I will start to read it during the day and then I'll blow through it really fast. But yeah, it's just, it's hard to get some momentum going in that case. Um, what's going on with TV shows? I haven't been to any movies, although super excited about the Downton Abbey movie. I will let you know how that was. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think it's out in some places, but Thursday, the I think it's the 20th, was the first time we could get tickets for around here. And I'll let you know if the storyline is anything more compelling than the fact that the queen is coming for lunch, <laughs> which is all I'm getting from the trailer. Um, so I finished um, Grant Chester. I think I told you about that last time. That's about the hunky Anglican priest. And um, I blew through seasons three and four. Um, if you know anything about the series, and you can tell by the the picture when you uh, log on to it, that um, season four has a new hunky <laughs> Anglican priest. But you know what? I thought I was going to be really loyal to um, to Sydney Chambers, the uh, the original one. But you know what? I like the new one too. So that that worked out really well. Um, yeah, that that was a a really fun watch. That's on. Um, I'm watching that on the PBS app. So I think you can watch the old episodes of Grant Chester on Amazon Prime or or Netflix. Um, we're still, my husband and I, are still working our way through the Star Trek Discovery. And we have roped um, my two older kids into it, Chloe and Shona. Because we, my husband comes home for lunch every day. He works in town. And that is the better time for us to watch a TV show than at night because we always fall asleep. And so because they're not at college, they're around. So they'll sit down and watch it with us at lunch. And the last couple episodes, they're like, you know what? This is a really good show. So again, it's much darker than like Next Generation. But I got to say that the writing is really good. The ideas are really good. And um, we're really enjoying that. We have, um, I don't know, maybe about seven more episodes. And then we'll let our CBS All Access um subscription will cancel that and go back to Hulu. My daughter keeps wanting to, every day she's like, do we have our Hulu subscription back? Because this was our idea that we would cancel one subscription and get another one and kind of bounce around. Because the way this subscription service thing is going, now Apple TV, Apple's got their own and Disney has their own. I don't think we'll need that one. But it's going to be like cable TV all over again where you have all these different packages. So um, we're going to kind of try to keep it to a minimum. And But she really wants the hula back so that she can watch bachelor in paradise so whatever trash tv um what else is going on our little family show right now is called kim's convenience about a little korean grocery store in um i think it's in vancouver and uh, that's been kind of our fun fun little family show again it's kind of a throwaway but we get a good chuckle before we go to bed um, from that show so let's talk a little bit about uh, homemaking I am still totally boring in that I'm just obsessed with working my way through the house and decluttering. And I'm getting like really more intentional about the fly lady system, which I never got into completely. But um, I am now completely inspired by this YouTuber named Diane in Denmark, um, which I just get a kick out of, you know, I love all things European and the fact she talks a lot about living in Denmark because she's actually Scottish, but she's lived in Europe for like the last 20 years. 
So I think she really likes living in Denmark, and so she talks a lot about that. So I get a kick out of that. But um, this week, the zone for Fly Lady was the kitchen. And it's kind of the last bastion of places where I have not decluttered for um, a little while. And um, and part of it is that, you know, the, the kitchen is one that in the past I've done. So it's not like it was, you know, like the garage, which had kind of never been done. But um yeah, that's been kind of fun to to get through that. Um, like I said, I gave my daughter a bunch of tea, and I'm really trying to get into the 15 minutes a day and not worry about the fact that I didn't finish the whole kitchen this month. Because like this now, now it's the week's over. We're moving on. I don't even know what the next next one is, but I'm trying to just go. You know what? If you just keep at this at 15 minutes a day, even three days a week, which is you know 45 minutes of either decluttering or deep cleaning, kind of depending on where you are, then um, once you wrap around the next month, there's hardly anything left to do. So um, yeah, so I did my Lazy Susan today. The one thing that I'm going to make people deal with um, tomorrow is we have this drawer that's just full of cords. It started out, I have this little, it's called a spice drawer. It's a really tiny, deep drawer that's kind of, there's a whole bunch of them to the left of my um, dishwasher. And so I put in, you know, like, I had an extra um, set of ear plug or earbuds and an extra phone charger, things like that. And so I thought, you know, like if you're in trouble and you've lost your charger, we've got a few extras in here. Well, you know, clutter attracts clutter. And I went in there the other day and you could hardly open the drawer because people have just put every spare cord in the house in there. So now the whole drawer is worthless because you just open up and you're just like, oh my God, I don't even know what's in here. So, um, I'm taking that out tomorrow when people are around, I'm going to dump it out and then just, I'm going to, again, I'm going to put the earbuds and a couple extra chargers and go, I don't know what these cords are, but if nobody claims them in the next 10 minutes, they're going in the, you know, e-waste recycling that I'm getting rid of next week. And that's going to be, um, a, a huge relief because that is my problem with clutter, um, is the idea that when you start operating on on the top five or 10% of the drawer because you don't even know what's underneath it. Um, that, and that's exactly where we are in there. I kind of, you know, reach in there to get a, you know, like a little adapter cord every once in a while as I'm pushing away the ethernet cords. So, um, so that's going to be really, really nice. And then, you know, if you just keep it up, it's just not hard to keep things that way. But so I don't know who's been cramming all those cords in there. It's like that idea, um, where have you heard this before? Like if you've got a, like a, chair in the hallway and for years that chair is just decorative and it just sits there but one day you you know like you set down some library books on it that you're going to deal with later and then by the end of the day the chair is piled high with crap because now that has been identified as free game and you can you know and so everyone just adds something to it and that is the problem um, with clutter is that clutter begets clutter so um what else as we're going into fall, I'm thinking about making the transition decor-wise from from summer to fall. I will, when it gets cooler, um, I'm gonna change out my throw pillow covers on my couch. Um, I've got these ones that are a little bit, pretty neutral, but kind of an uh, Indian block print kind of thing. I don't know exactly know how to describe that, but I have some um, ones that are kind of similar colors. It's, you know, off-white, gray, tan, you know, pretty neutral, but I have some um, plaid ones. They're both sets are from Pottery Barn, and I like to put the plaid ones on for fall and winter. Um, and I want to re-watch 
the um, classes that I got when I bought the Cozy Minimalist book last year. So it's been about a year now that I did the complete um, redo of our family room. And I promised that I would post pictures and do a blog post about it. And I never did because I did a terrible job of photographing it. And I just was like, this is going to help no one. But I still do really recommend that book, The Cozy Minimalist, which just is about keeping things not cluttered, but also not sterile. Totally like that defines my style. And when um, one of the bonuses when I got that book was this class with um, some just decorating advice for all four seasons, kind of decorating and, um, and even, you know, entertaining and some kind of food things. And she's not about buying, um, buying seasonal decor. She's more like about going outside and bringing some nature in, having different textures. Um, and then, you know, like you can, you can kind of put things away. I like, I have these fuzzy, um, off-white pillows that I love and they don't make sense during the summer, but they look great in the winter and being able to sort of change those things out. Um, just throw pillow covers cause those are easy to store. Um, and kind of changing your color scheme just a little bit because I've got a pretty neutral house. So just things like, um, you know, throw pillows or table toppers, little things like that can really um, kind of change up your look. So I want to watch that class to be, you know, to be re-inspired. Okay, I do have an update. The last couple episodes I've talked about for my one simple swap, this oil sprayer that I've loved, but it was glass. And I admitted last time that my husband um, knocked it over and it broke, but we immediately bought another one. Well, I knocked that one over and it broke. So apparently we cannot have nice things. <laughs> we cannot have a nice glass bottle oil sprayer in our house. I'm kind of bummed about it. I need to get back on Amazon. We've had the stainless steel ones in the past that you had to kind of pump. I think it's called like a Misto or something like that. But I never liked that one. I really liked this non-aerosol one that we had. But yeah, I'm done. I'm done buying the glass oil sprayers. So if you bought one, I hope that it works better for you. Maybe you were a less clumsy family. That is entirely possible. I'm very clumsy. So good luck with that. And I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about for my uh, one simple swap for this episode. We've talked about wool dryer balls. We talked about the oil sprayer. We talked about using cloth napkins. Um, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but I wanted to talk about reusable produce bags because the thin plastic bags, they are so bad for our environment. And as sewists or knitters, which are most of the people who are listening to this podcast, these are super easy to make. So about a year ago, I just went to Joann's and I bought the um, tool, like the kind of the lightest weight one they had. And I just, you know, cut it into a rectangle and sewed up. Usually I fold it in half and just, you know, sewed up two sides. And I just keep them in my bags that I bring into Trader Joe's. And um, I can, you know, t I can not use their plastic bags. Now, their plastic bags happen to be like compostable. They feel really weird and rubbery. They kind of geek me out. But, you know, when you go just to the normal grocery store here, you know, those are they're just they're just plastic bags that are clogging up our oceans and and never going <laughs> to decompose. So you just might think about, you know, you can buy these, too, and you can buy much nicer ones, but you can make them for next to nothing and they do not need to be pretty. So you might just uh, consider making some reusable produce bags. As we sort of wrap up here, um, these podcasts are getting longer and longer because I've really started to ramble, but I wanted to thank a couple people for reviews. Um, Hall's Home, 
H-O-L-S home. Um, thank you for your review and for reaching out to me on Instagram. Um, I really appreciate that. And now I'm getting, um, sometimes I get emails when I get reviews on different country versions of iTunes. So again, I'm so sorry if I haven't thanked you because I haven't seen the reviews, but I did get see that there was one from Chook Chick in Australia. And thank you for your review. So I love getting reviews. I love it when you guys reach out and um, tell me that you also like cleaning videos or you don't like cleaning videos. Patty, you know who you are. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, but uh, I just, I really do like, you know, sort of keeping the whole conversation going between, um, you know, in, in our community. So thank you for that. And I guess that's it for this week. I hope you have a wonderful time. I hope you are enjoying your transition into fall or into spring, depending on where you are. It's kind of nice as we, you know, start to change out our wardrobe and, and feel the change of the air. And I hope that you have a great week. I'll see you next time.